When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the dog show. What's happening here? What's happening here? Oh, you didn't know? No, what? Today is National Dog Day. Today is National Dog Day. Well, what the fuck is going on, everybody? Oh, it's not even Friday. <laughs> oh, late. It's a Thursday that kind of feels like oddly like a Friday. It's going to be a fun day. You and I are doing a little, well, I shouldn't say you and I are going to golf because you're going to do the majority of the golfing and I will do the majority of the drive the golf cart around and just talk to people. That's great. I like that you can contribute in that way, Kat. uh, We're golfing today for Waterloo Region Crime Stoppers. For those who don't know, Kat and I both sit on the board of Waterloo Region Crime Stoppers. And I'll just do a quick mention here, just in case you're uh, uh, wondering how it works. Crime Stoppers is not the police. A lot of people think it is the police. It's not. It's a collection of volunteers that raise money throughout the year to pay out that money that gets used to pay off the tipsters when they call in tips about crimes that lead to an arrest. So when you help out Crime Stoppers, you are helping a good cause. You literally are making an investment in the safety of your community. So great. We're up there today. We're going to do some golfing. Foxwood in Baden. Which nearest I can tell is like four hours from my house. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Uh, yeah, have a little bit of a little bit of a trek. It's not bad. It's not that bad. A lot of stuff to talk about in this episode of After Nine. Number one today is National Dog Day. A shout out to Leo, your Australian Shepherd, and Charlie, my Bernie Doodle. Oh man, great dogs, beautiful dogs. Scott, all you have to do is. Tell people it's International Dog Day and and ask them for a photo of their pup. And no hesitation. People are ready to go. Like, here's nine photos of my dog. We did it on our Facebook page. I love when this comes around every year, although there's like several dog days throughout the year. Every single time. I'm never disappointed. So thank you to everyone who contributed and sent us photos of your dog because I'll never say no to that. It's, uh, it's kind of funny, actually. When I was looking for a picture of Charlie to post on my Instagram, I thought, and I don't post a lot, not as an actual post, but I looked for one today because I thought, ah, it's a good idea to show people Charlie. Mm-hmm. I haven't posted a pic in a while. Yeah. Like, I can find dozens and dozens of pictures of him. Now, if you ask me, hey, could you post a picture of your girlfriend? I might actually have to dig. And I think that's the way a lot of people are. You got pictures of your dog and your kid, not nearly as many as when you have your spouse on there. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A little bit of controversy brewing this morning. Statement put out by the Conservative Party of Canada. Today, the Conservative candidate Pierre-Paul Hoos and Michael Barrett released a statement about documents that showed Justin Trudeau's candidate for Quebec, Yves Duclos, approved a $350,000 office renovation. $350,000 to renovate your office? How? 
that we okay i'm sorry this is just for one person's use or is this like hey we got to expand the team anyway we got to make a bunch of uh, rooms or cubicles for these people that's how it's being expanded yeah no i think this was his office that's Uh, not right that's not right it says it is unclear from these documents when the expense was approved and when the renovation was completed Did Trudeau's candidate approve this expense during the pandemic when hundreds of thousands of taxpayers were losing their jobs and struggling to pay their bills? Canadians want answers. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly curious. I'm just like, what are you you installing? A stripper pole and you're employing the stripper 24-7? That's expensive. Well, Kat, if you're going to put in a 24-7 stripper, I mean, that is going to be expensive. I can see how they got to 350K. What do you guys have, like a cocaine vending machine? The fuck? How'd you spend $350,000 on what should be a fairly basic upgrade? Go to Staples like everybody else. New desk, new chair, you're good. What, you need a new computer? Okay, fine. Back to school shopping sales are on right now. How'd you spend $350,000? What, did you put in a gold-plated toilet? You fuckers. Yeah, honest to to goodness, this kind of thing... And sometimes it happens locally, right? Sometimes you you find out when the budgets come out and the details come out what they spent on what. And none of it, you know, it seems like red flaggy, right? It's like, okay, I spent, you know, $200 on office supplies. Like, oh, that seems very reasonable, actually. Yep. Very good. And you're going through the list. And then there's always something like this. $15,000 on travel. Why? Where did you go? Yeah. I don't I don't understand how someone could spend that much money on renovate. Just get a new that's a place. That's a whole place. You could just buy a new place. What do you need to renovate? Yeah, for 350k, you got a condo. You bought a condo. You didn't renovate your existing office. What the fuck is that? Will you people please stop spending our money on stupid shit? Uh, one other thing I want to mention here is when it comes to these office budgets and so on and so forth, it seems like when these people get elected, they think it's like, oh, yeah, I'm like the CEO now. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Bring on my big expense account. No. If Galen Weston wants to spend $350,000 as a private businessman who's very wealthy, he can get away with spending $350,000 to upgrade his office. You, as an elected individual, need to be as responsible and frugal as possible and not waste a cent of taxpayer money. You buy what you need. That's it. And you know what? Maybe we can give a little bit of grace for, like, the prime minister himself because he might have Joe Biden in there or he might have Boris Johnson in there or whoever. Dress that up a little bit. Put in some new carpet or something. <laughs> but fuck, three hundred and fifty grand for an office reno? Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, fuck. Before I talk about the guy and the epoxy as birth control, uh, we finally found Doug. Doug's back, everybody. Yeah, oh, there he is. Where was he at? The premier of Ontario apparently has been hiding in the big grassy First Nation. He was in Lake of Woods where they were doing some walleye fishing. And Doug decided he was going to sit down with MPP Greg Rickford and enjoy some walleye. Also known as pickerel, by the way, guys. Just fucking call it pickerel like normal people. Yeah, I, that's the only th- that I didn't even know that there's another name for it. Walleye is pickerel. Okay. So here's the premier. After months... Well, it's probably weeks of not really hearing anything from the guy. He hasn't given any news conferences. He hasn't answered any questions from the media. He's been completely absent, MIA, just trying to lay low for all this time. But now we're in a fourth wave and the ICU numbers are climbing again and people are fighting over vaccine passports. What's the first thing that Doug decided to put out there publicly? 
So happy to be here, and, and Chief Lynn, thank you for your hospitality. Folks, I encourage everyone, come up here. You'll have the best time of your lives. It's great fishing. The people are so hospitable, and uh, the Chief is amazing. Best fish you're ever going to have. Best fish you're ever going to have. Give me the fish. Best fish you're ever going to have. Best fish you're ever going to have. And while I don't disagree, Doug is absolutely right. Pickerel is fantastic fish. Nice, light, white fish, in case you've never had it. And we've got an abundance of it in Ontario. Uh, maybe you could have gone with a few other things before you got to try the fish. <laughs> what the fuck, Doug? Really? You thought, read the room. You thought that was the first thing you should put back out there after all this time, MIA? I'm, try the fish. I'm excited for his recipe for pickerel cheesecake. It's going to be delightful. <laughs> Seriously, try the fish is all you could come up with? What the fuck? It's crazy, cat. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> uh, let's talk about this guy. Um, this is a sad story, everybody. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Whenever somebody dies, even if they did something stupid to kill themselves, it's sad. But this is a strange story. Uh... I'm going to give it to you as is, as it's written. 25-year-old man recently passed away because he wanted to have sex, but he did not have a condom. But he wanted to make sure, well, we're going to have to bareback this bastard. So we're going to, well, we're going to have to bareback this one. So we got to make sure that no cum comes out because we can't have anybody getting pregnant here. So he used an industrial strength epoxy, a glue, if you will. Oh, my God. As protection instead. Oh, my God. And maybe you're asking yourself, well, how do you use epoxy as birth control? Well, after he and his girlfriend, according to police, had sniffed it sufficiently to get high. Oh. They weren't thinking clearly. Uh Uh-huh. He took the epoxy and once again, somebody did this. He put it in his pee hole in his dick to glue it shut. Can't get pregnant if there's no ejaculation. Oh, my God. Where did he think it was going to go? I actually don't know where it would go. I mean, if you actually had your dick closed up, oh. but you got it stimulated, like would your head blow off your shoulders if enough of it yeah, built up? I've, I've what seen, would go on? I've seen enough Bugs Bunny cartoons to tell you your head would blow right the fuck off. Seriously, if Acme did sex, that's what their porn would look like. You would throw it up, right? Is that when you throw up the ejaculate? You can't throw up your own cum. <laughs> I, I mean, don't think you can do that. I, I'm pretty sure it would come out somewhere else I'm being else facetious. First. This is completely <laughs> fucked up, though. It's not good for your body. Yeah, it actually happened back in June, but they have exhausted all treatment options, and he passed away of multiple organ failure. Oh, my God. Yeah, because that's going to affect everything inside of you if you can't let that out. It's also not clear if any of the epoxy seeped into his bloodstream. Right, right. Or if right. it was just a matter of the pee wants out. You got to get the pee out. Like, forget about the cum. The thing about the pee. Your wiener's there for a reason. That's where the pee comes out. And if you kink that hose, you got yourself a fucking problem. And it was a big problem. So sad that he passed away. But once again, people... Certain things are exit only, and you don't try and stick anything in your dick. Yeah, don't try to plug it up. That's not gonna. That's not gonna do do you well in that scenario. I think. I, well, I mean, I know, but 
I, they sniffed it before. That makes a lot more sense to me now. Now I get it. So don't sniff. Can we also say that? Don't, don't sniff, sniff glue. glue. Yeah. yeah. We should also make sure we add that in. Would you like to relive your childhood? Would you like to just go back to simpler times and and just be totally transported back to the 90s or the 80s? You would have been a kid in the 80s. Would you relive your childhood? Never worrying again about money, getting to enjoy summer break and Christmas holidays and spring break. Would you do it? Right. So I feel like this is such a deep question, right? Deeper than it seems, I think, because, yeah, there's moments and times where I'm like, yeah, I'd love to relive that time. Because for those reasons you mentioned, I was more carefree. You know, I lived at home with my parents. I didn't care too much about stuff. It was just about playing. Homework was my biggest stress, and it wasn't that bad. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes I think about that. But the the, the answer is no, I wouldn't, because I learned, you know, everything that I've learned and done has brought me to this point, and I'm happy at this point. So I'm, I think I'm happy to say no. 55% said they'd love to relive their childhood, specifically the ages of 7 and 10, when people claim everything was magical. And they ask people why, because this is a total escape from the problems of adulthood. They say the number one reason people would like to go back and relive their childhood is not having to worry about money. Summer breaks from school, Christmas, always having lots of energy, not having to pay bills, not having to work, not having regular aches and pains, and being really excited about birthdays. Oh, and you put it like that, it was a little slice of paradise that we had going for a while there. We just kind of grew out of it, didn't we? Right. When you're little, you want so badly to grow up. And once you're grown up, now people are thinking, ah, it'd be nice to go back again, wouldn't it? Yeah. 55% say they would like to relive their childhood. Like, I mean, as long as we could make it back to where we are now, because I feel like you would fuck, not that it's a real possibility, but I feel like you'd fuck with time a little bit. If you went back knowing what you know now, or as long as you don't know what you know now, because that would really fuck things up. You don't want to, it's almost better growing up when you don't have an (laughs) appreciation, you don't have the real appreciation for things because you're naive as shit. You are just going through life naive and happy and everything's fine. And don't we want to keep it that way? Don't we want to stay innocent all those years? I think so. You'd get to go through puberty again. That's not fun. No. All right. I don't know. I had a great time. That was a great time of discovery. I'm sure you did. (laughs) Boners in class were your biggest worry. Sure. It's true. It's true. That was when I started wearing jeans. Until then, it was all sweatpants all the time. Uh, TikTok has now banned the milk crate challenge because too many people are falling and getting seriously hurt. They banned the hashtag and scrubbed multiple videos of people doing it from the app. It is remarkable. I mean, the the uh, the crate challenge, for those who don't know, is people will stack up those old school milk crates. And you stack them up and you walk up one side and down the other without falling. The problem is it's a challenge for a reason because not everybody can do it. So people are falling. One person died. She hit her head so bad and split it open. Massive head trauma. She died from doing this fucking milk crate challenge. Oh, my God. Scott, it's insane the amount of people. I've seen so a compilation of videos of people doing that. But why, though? I yeah. mean, the milk crates have always been there. For TikTok. I'll tell you why. It actually started, someone used a, Mar- if I'm not mistaken, the first one or one of the first ones, 
somebody equated it to a Mario game. You know how Mario climbs the stairs? If they look like milk crates, maybe they are supposed to be milk crates in the game. I don't know. So someone used the Mario theme in the background of the TikTok video and climbed the stairs pretending to be Mario, something along that line. And then it became like a challenge, which is fucking stupid. And a lot of people work with milk crates. So they thought, what a fun challenge. Let's stack the milk crates, guys, and create a TikTok video and go viral. Anything that starts with that, like, let's do this. Let's do the TikTok challenge. I just roll my eyes. I just can't. Can't we do something safe, like when people were just planking and pouring cold water over themselves? Those seem fine and and relatively uh, safe. I don't understand why we're climbing up seven milk crates high before you start your descent. And by the way, those milk crates, for DJs, they used to be gold because you could hold a whole vinyl record in there. You could keep all your vinyl in milk crates. So those things were great back in the day. I used to have a lot of them. I don't know what happened to all that vinyl, but... Maybe I'll find out when the divorce is finalized. And when it comes to... <laughs> Sorry, I almost went there. Still. Almost went there. And by the way, if you're wondering, still? Yeah, it's still going. Brutal. Uh, in any case, we literally have gone back to the start. Like, now we're just... Forget what, what's in it. We're now playing with the box. It's a milk crate, everybody. I, w- why are we spending any time on this? And now, every time I open Instagram, there's a different site trying to sell me milk crates. No. Why? Stop. They're trying to sell it to you? Yeah, there's some places you can go now and you can buy like 10 of them or buy the case of 20. No. That'd be a big fucking box to ship you 20 milk crates, by the way. I don't, I don't know if it's Amazon or someone else that's doing it, but that's pretty serious. Uh <laughs> I like Olivia Rodrigo. I think she is great and fun, and she has tapped into something, the emotions of being screwed over in a relationship. And you actually had a really good comparison this morning in what's trending on our FM radio show. You can hear that at 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, and 9.30, or as close as we can get on 91.5 The Beat, where Kat and I work. And are you able to play that comparison? Because I think it's awesome. Yeah, sure. I can I can get this up. So what I'll tell you is first and foremost, this ex- almost this exact same thing happened last month. Olivia Rodrigo. Last month it was Taylor Swift and her team, which includes Jack Antonoff. I think most people know who. If you're a fan of Taylor Swift, she works with closely all the time. If not, just know that. So the two of them actually threatened to sue because her song "Deja Vu" was clearly a ripoff of one of Taylor Swift's songs called "Cruel Summer." So last month, she acknowledged that she drew inspiration from the song, didn't even fight it, and retroactively put them as co-writers of Deja Vu. So even though Taylor Swift had nothing to do with Olivia Rodrigo, she does now, but that means I'm assuming you get a cut of the money. So this one was not surprising to me in the slightest because the first time I heard it, I knew it sounded like something. Olivia Rodrigo had to add... Haley Williams from Paramore and another writer, part of this track, to her song, Good For You, she also acknowledged it's an interpolation of the Paramore song called Misery Business. Here is a side-by-side.
same song. It's the same song. <laughs> but Olivia doesn't even seem to care that people realize that she basically lifted it from another artist. And I don't know. I mean, if you're an artist and you hear that, you probably think instinctively, okay, that's kind of cool. Obviously, they're a fan and they like what I do. But then you also start thinking, cha-ching. And if you're Haley Williams from Paramore, you're probably thinking to yourself, I'm about to get fucking paid. That's that's a right up there. Top five for songs of the summer. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. So good. I mean, and for Olivia to just be like, yep, no problem. I'll make you a writer on that. I'll give you a credit. Well, that's it, like giving up half your company in, in a way. But you know what? I think if this was a strategy and I'm not saying it was, but I want you to think in terms of if this was a strategy for Olivia Rodrigo. Before Olivia Rodrigo put out any of her music, the only people that really knew of her well were young, you know, basically teens who watched a high school musical, the series, because she starred on that. So they knew who she was there. And so, of course, she gained a little bit of popularity because of that when she finally released music of her own outside of that series. And when that happened, you know, to get your average parent to know who Olivia Rodrigo was, you need to get into Top 40 Radio. What better way, I think, maybe, as a strategy, is to kind of sound like some other people or some yeah. other songs or take a couple of guitar riffs here and there because it worked for that song and put my own little spin on it, knowing full well maybe I'd have to credit down the line. But here we are today where, yes, she looks a little scammy and maybe it'll hurt her credibility a little bit in the industry, maybe a lot, I don't know. But pay out Taylor Swift a little bit, add her as a credit, add a couple other people that are involved, Add Paramore, a couple of members of the group, including Haley and also the guitarist, and give them their cut. But everybody knows your name now, and they can't go back. You can't unlearn who I am. So maybe I'll put out some other stuff, gain some money, but you know my name. Regardless of whether or not I scammed a couple of riffs and or straight-up beats, it seems, in some cases. Is it kind of smart? I don't know. Maybe. I'd kind of like to see uh, Haley Williams join her when she does that at like the MTV Awards or something. Wouldn't that be good? Yes, yes. We got a request this morning for After 9. Somebody wants an update on the R. Kelly trial. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) He's such a piece of shit. Like, I don't even want to spend a ton of time on R. Kelly. Like, this is a fucking guy that got real big way back when. He had a lot of big records. And now, with hindsight, knowing what we know, we realize what all those songs were actually about. And we realize this guy's always been a piece of shit. He preyed on young girls. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's gross. Is It really is. It, it amazes me to this day that people will still request songs, you know, from us, made by R. Kelly. And I think, what are you thinking? It's not going to happen. But a couple of things on R. Kelly. So, yes, I'll give you a quick update. Yes, there's been a, I mean, this trial has continued on every single day. The more recent one, the team that is repping R. Kelly, which that sounds like a terrible job, um, is showing up with these letters now in court. And they are blackmail letters to R. Kelly from some of these women. Now, the witness that was on the stand yesterday, Jane Doe, so she's going to go unnamed, was defending herself to the team. Uh, And because they accused her of blackmailing him back in the day and writing these letters saying um, that basically, you know, support me, give me things, and I won't go to the police and pretend that you're doing things that you're not, which is fucking ridiculous. So it turns out, according to the witness, uh, she defended herself because she said he is actually, he, we actually blackmailed several women in this circle, in this gross little circle, wow. um, making them all create fake blackmail letters, reading that they would create 
police reports about him if he didn't continue to support them, uh, which is kind of which is crazy. But yeah, he's kind of broke right now, um, as you can imagine. His his team actually tried to ask the courts to pay for his suit for the trial, and and the judge was like, "You can go fuck yourself," which I love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like no, fuck you. Uh, you get what whatever you can afford. So basically, they had to like go to a Salvation Army to get his clothes, and ma- I don't know, maybe it came out of the pocket of one of the lawyers. I'm not sure, but. He's, that lawyer who's probably never getting paid. Oh, uh, you know, and I, it, I feel when for those people that have to defend a piece of shit when you know it's a piece of shit. I know that's what you sign up for when you're a lawyer, especially when you are court appointed. That's going to happen. But when I had, if I would have to, this is why I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to defend a piece of shit, even even for pretend, even for money. I couldn't do it. If I know you're a piece of shit, I can't stand in your corner. But anyway, he he is trying hard, Scott, to sell that catalog. Nobody wants it. Nobody, no, nobody. Nobody. Nobody would want it. Why would you want to own the catalog of R. Kelly, which is losing value by the day? Yeah. Would you like to be the rightful owner of, oh, I don't know, your body's calling from the album 12 play? Knowing what you know now? Would you like to be the owner of the song Sex Me, Ignition, Half on a Baby? Legit, he's got a song called Half on a Baby. Uh, Let's see here. Summer Bunnies, that was also on the 12-play album. Home Alone, fuck. Yeah. All the signs were there. Well, I don't know if you can draw an inference about the artist's personality based on their song title choices, but nonetheless, we now know he's a piece of shit. If If you guys, I'm sure most of you are aware of the Dave Chappelle skit, R. Kelly skit. Yep. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and just look it up. Dave Chappelle, R. Kelly, and it'll... Because a lot of information came out many, many years ago, and there's always been rumors and speculation. He's just one of those people. It's always surrounded him and lingered around there, but finally, now, he's being dragged into court for it, as he should be, or should have been many years ago. Uh But Dave Chappelle, at the time, when stuff first started to come out, and we knew he was married to Aaliyah, and she was underage, and that whole situation was gross, and what a shame that her 20-year anniversary of her death, which was just yesterday is now, you know, the center of Aaliyah currently is this R. Kelly trial, which can be brought up in court. So anyway, what a shame for her family. But yeah, Dave Chappelle's R. Kelly skit is one of my favorites. It's so gross. I mean, it is so gross, but he he does a great job if you want to look that up. It's funny. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let me ask you, do you feel New Zealand has got a pretty good handle on things when it comes to COVID-19? Yeah, I, generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, they've got a good prime minister. I do. And New Zealand, a lot of people will say, is very, very strict. They overreact. They get like two new cases and they fucking lock down for a while. But they have done a good enough job that they do lock down for very simple things, it seems. But they come out of lockdown very quickly. And when they come out, it's back to very few restrictions. Like, okay, yeah, yeah you don't need to wear a mask. We're very confident there's no COVID here. But once any COVID gets in, everybody has to get back on their best behavior. They lock down, they put the masks on, and all that sort of shit. Their health minister is named Chris Hipkins. 
And he he didn't mean to do it. Like, I can see where this guy was coming from. It was an honest-to-God slip of the tongue, so to speak. But he's got all of New Zealand laughing their asses off at him. Because they are in a lockdown again. And while he was doing his daily COVID update just the other day, he said, New Zealanders, you need to socially distance, even when you're outside. But go outside and spread your legs. Whoa! (laughs) What? Look, it is a challenge in higher density areas for people to get outside and to uh, spread their legs when when they're surrounded by other people. He meant that specifically for people that live in high-density areas, big cities. And he didn't mean to say spread your legs. He meant to say stretch your legs. Uh Go for a run. Go for a jog. Go for a walk. Get some physical activity in you because we're on lockdown. (laughs) But that's not the way it came out. He said go out and spread your legs, particularly uh, when you're with strangers. Even if if the moment – because you know how you realize you screw up you know, and you and I who talk for a living, you know, you screw up sometimes and you say the wrong word. You just quickly change it and it's fine. It doesn't matter how quick you change it. If I was like, guys, don't forget, you know, socially distance, but, you know, go on out there and spread your legs, uh, spread your uh, spread your arms, spread, uh, spread out. It, there's nothing that could save you. It's done. We heard you say spread your legs. We can't unhear it. We all know is what was in the back of your dirty little mind. I should go and stretch my legs. I'm sure you'll all have fun with me later. <laughs> Yeah, why don't you be part of the solution and spread your legs? Yeah, I know, eh? <laughs> Fuck. If I knew that was the cure to COVID, I mean, we all would have been just fucking wave one, right? <laughs> we should fucking nonstop. This whole thing would have gone away. Everybody, when this podcast is over, we're going to need you to go find some strangers and spread your legs <laughs> to help stop the spread. <laughs> That's the best part about it. Go out in public, the most public area you can find, and spread your legs. <laughs> How many people have already spread their legs today? So there you go. You're you're part of the solution. Thank so you. Thank you very much for your service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of quick headlines here. Um, we pulled out of Afghanistan this morning. What a fucking gong show this is. I mean, we left and then we went back and we left all those people that were over at the airport there and people were chasing planes down the runways. We went back and got it under control. Well, the Americans mainly did. We were a little late getting there. But either way, we were there, and we were evacuating Canadian citizens, and the Americans said, well, we're leaving next Tuesday, no matter what. August 31st, we're out. The Taliban says we got to go, and we're not starting up any more shit here. It's been 20 years. We're leaving. We're getting our American citizens and taking off. And Canada had kind of mused a little bit. Well, I mean, we might stay a little later. We got to stay until we can't stay any longer. So we were led to believe that even after the Americans left, Canada would still be on the ground there at the airport Mm -hmm. evacuating Canadian citizens. We pulled out last night. Gone. The last flight has left the Kabul airport with hundreds, if not thousands, of Canadians left behind. And Foreign Affairs says they'll stay in touch with them, but in the meantime, the last flight is gone. Okay. How can we just leave Canadian citizens behind? Yeah. How? We'll stay in touch with them. That's like this. That's like, okay, that stings a little bit more. Like, oh, we'll be in touch though. Okay. Even the Americans, I mean, I get that this, it's a crazy situation over there. And the Taliban uh, seems to, while they were getting organized, they seem to have let a number of people leave. But now they're saying that the situation is deteriorating by the hour. Even American 
intelligence officials have sent a note to the Americans there. Don't come to the airport due to an unspecified threat. Yeah. So I don't know what the fucking Taliban is planning, but the fact that we've got to dance around on eggshells around them is proof positive that we shouldn't be leaving anybody to their care. There was an explosion like moments ago. There oh, was, was an explosion there? at the airport. Yeah, that was oh, that was breaking. The, the Pentagon confirmed there's an explosion outside of the airport. Uh, casualties unclear as we record this podcast. Okay. The second of five beluga whales that got transferred from marine land to an aquarium in Connecticut is now in failing health. Now, you may recall a male beluga that once lived at marine land died three weeks ago at the Mystic Aquarium in Connecticut. And it had a pre-existing, from its time at marine land, gastrointestinal issue. Mm-hmm. The aquarium specializes in beluga research. They now say a female whale is suffering several health issues, including gastrointestinal issues. They say she's being monitored around the clock, but the alert is out that this female beluga is not doing well. That's I don't like I don't like hearing that because I was hoping at least that we could salvage some, you know, some lives as bad as that, you know, sounds that we could make the, have them continue to have a, a good life. So that's sad to hear. It what is if, very sad to hear. But again, it goes back to Marine Land, sure nearest I can tell. Sure it does. I mean, the, why? They don't have a bad reputation, do they? Oh, um, yeah, it, it does. It does. And it makes me wonder, I mean, if it's gastrointestinal issues, was their diet not up to par? Were they in dirty water? Was it, Were yeah. they passing it around from one beluga to another? I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Yeah. Did they get denied medical issues? Was this something small that turned into something big because they didn't have the proper medications or know-how? I don't know. These are all questions, not statements. I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that it's a tragedy, and this, once again, is yet another reason that we should all be having a serious conversation about taking animals from captivity and taking animals from the wild and keeping them in captivity or what to do with them when they're born in captivity. There's many, many programs at zoos, for example, that are meant to breed and repopulate species and so on and so forth. And some of them are successful. Some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. Some of these are very reputable and some of them aren't. And I'm not going to say one way or the other where marine land falls on the scale, but I think the time of keeping whales in a cement tank yeah. that's really just a glorified pool is probably over. It's probably Preach. time to knock this this shit off. Yeah, it's it was never a sanctuary. It was never a sanctuary. And I don't even, I could be wrong. I'm not even sure they ever had programs, mating programs. Maybe they did more recent years, but for years that's not what it was. It was strictly a, basically a zoo for marine species. That's it. And I don't like that. I don't even like that term zoo for the places who are doing good things. Honestly, like I feel like if I because for the example, one of the biggest ones we have in the province is the Toronto Zoo. Yep. They have a lot of fabulous programs running that are part sanctuary, uh, part breeding programs, and they've been quite successful at those through the years. Those should be celebrated and those should continue on because they have helped to repopulate some species that are dying out and would probably die out without these and without the continued support by humans. But in a lot of cases, Leave them be. You know, that's that's truly how I feel about it. Leave them alone. I don't really like the term zoo. It kind of makes me cringe. I almost wish that we could change the name of some of the places that are doing good for animals yeah. and not call them zoos because zoos are so, when you hear that word, you just think restricted, uh, in, cage, in cages. I, I don't like that. But, 
I mean, you're right. Marine Land is not known for as being a sanctuary. But at this point, a lot of people will bring up the fact that we can't, we, ha- we worry about transporting those animals for these reasons. Uh, they could die in transport easily when they're changed from their current environment, even if that is a shitty cement tank. So the current life that they have there, you know, they may have to stay there or, you know, you run the risk of killing them if you transport them. But there's not a lot of options when it comes to whales. They're not easy to transport if you haven't noticed. Yeah, holy shit. The logistics of moving a whale from Niagara Falls to Connecticut, that wasn't easy. Yeah. But they did it. And uh, well, it seems like we've got three healthy whales, a dead whale, and one that's not doing so well. So whatever it is, I hope it doesn't spread to the other three. And hopefully they get the uh, the fourth whale, the treatment it needs. Uh, last but certainly not least, we are in an election campaign. So I'll just tell you the headlines that came out of yesterday. The uh, conservatives, this is Aaron O'Toole. He highlighted his party's pledge during a campaign stop in Brantford to put true mental health funding into place. And basically what he's calling for is trips for your mental health in the same way you do trips for your physical health. I.e., maybe you go to the doctor once a year for a checkup. You would have the option to be able to just go to a regular uh, mental health practitioner and get a mental health checkup. Great. Yeah, it's probably long overdue. That's great. Then you get uh, Jagmeet Singh. I like this. I just don't know if it's actually doable because we've heard this for years. He has promised to make life a little more affordable by forcing mobile phone companies to cut their consumer rates. Okay. You know, I've heard I've heard that one before. and One apparently went into play. I don't feel I'm saving any money. I'm not saving a cent. Not I, I really don't feel like I'm saving a cent. No. I don't think rates have come down. Uh, part of the problem is the cost of the handsets has gone way up. There's also all the infrastructure that they're investing into putting 5G in place. So I kind of get it. But sooner or later, something's got to give because we are paying a lot more than the rest of the world. I just don't know how you can force those companies to lower their rates without something else going up that's just going to make it the exact same thing. I mean, wasn't the NDP the party behind the whole, we're going to force insurance companies to cut your insurance premiums? I'm not really paying any less. In fact, I think I might even be paying a little bit more. And they always find a way to blame it on something. Like, oh, yeah, well, there, there, there were the tickets there that you had, like, fucking 30 years ago. So, yeah, we're, we're going to charge you more for those. Like, they always find a way to roll that money that the government forced them to stop charging you back into your bill. I really feel like when government gets involved in this shit, they really make it worse, not better. But I'll give Jagmeet the the benefit of the doubt. He says that's what he wants to do. Justin Trudeau taking a pledge in Vancouver to hike corporate income taxes on banks and insurance companies to help pay for some of the housing promises he's made. Again, you can go ahead and try and charge the banks more taxes. I mean, they're certainly making record profits right now, even with low interest rates. But I don't think that threat is going to get you very far right now. There was definitely a time when you could say, we're going to hike the, the taxes on the banks and insurance companies. Make them pay. I don't know if people are really feeling that right now, Justin. You might want to try and read the room a little bit because I don't feel like people think that's realistic. And I don't think they think. You're the guy who's actually going to go through with that. Mm -hmm. And even if you do, well, okay, so you're charging them more taxes. They're going to keep making their profits. They're in banking for a reason. They're smart with money. What does that mean? Our account fees are going to go up? Is it going to cost you 10 bucks to take out your money at an ATM from a different bank? Like, they'll find a way to make up the money that you're charging them. So, again, it all just comes back to us. Nobody seems to have noticed that.
as the cost of life everywhere goes up. That's all I got for today, Kat. Oh, a uh, new poll is out that has the liberals and conservatives tied. Oh, fuck. Awesome. Polls are just perfect. Great. I know you love those. Woo! I figure, let's give Kat a poll. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> P-O-L-E right. only. Uh, I will see you on the golf course, my friend. I will see you on the golf course. Friendly reminder, everybody. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> and tomorrow we will have Dave Lazard join us on the show. Should be a fun one. Have a fun day and stay cool, everybody. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Johnson & Johnson announced that a booster shot of their vaccine provides a robust increase in antibodies. Kind of like Chef Boyardee saying our new sauce is robust in flavor. According to a new study, antibodies from llamas may prevent infections from coronavirus. And of course now... You can't find any llamas at Costco. (laughs) Only fans decided to drop their plan to ban sexually explicit content. So between this and the new Spider-Man trailer, what a week for teenage boys. You know what I'm saying? A theme park in Japan recently shut down a roller coaster capable of reaching speeds up to 112 miles per hour after four riders reported injuries. Apparently what happened was the roller coaster reaches speeds up to 112 miles per hour. (laughs)